Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Foundation Church, we are in a new series called Preventative Maintenance that we are starting today. Um, and I am not going to enter into this series and act like I'm a mechanic all the time, all of a sudden. Um, because if you know me, you know that is a farce and a lie. So um, it's true. I am not, I, I have no clue about what's going on um, in the area of electronics or, or cars or being handy or anything like that. Um, so I have instilled a lot of help on this series and have done a whole lot of studying. Um, but in this study, I'm, I'm going to give you guys homework. I think homework's a good thing. I think to give us direction each year is a good thing. And so I'm going to ask uh, for the month of January, while we're going through this series, it's a four-week series, so it'll hit a little bit of February. But I'm going to ask that you would get into the Word of God and that you would read the book of Proverbs as we go through this new year. Some of us, we are looking um, to, to really get some good ideas. We're looking for some new inspiration when it comes to our new goals and our new resolutions. But can I tell you, man, there's instructions in the Word of God um, through Proverbs that just scream at us, especially this time of year. So I'm gonna, you don't have to read the whole book in one week of Proverbs, you can. It's super easy reading. But get into the Bible, get into the Word for yourself, and start reading the Word. Um, I really love the New Living Translation. It's super easy to understand. It reads like I talk, um, and so it makes sense to me. Um, but get into the Word of God and, and really start studying and devouring the Word of God because that's how God wants to speak to us most of the time is through the Word of God, through the Bible. Um, today, while we're in this series, it, we kind of all know a little bit about how we want our cars to operate. We want our vehicles to operate. Most of us in this place, you probably own a vehicle. You probably own a car or a truck or an SUV. And, and, and we love our cars. We love our vehicles when they're all going great, when they're all just driving smooth and there's no lights that come on the dash. But when there's lights that all of a sudden you get a check engine light, you're like, oh, dang it. You know, um, you may say other words, but that's, that's my word. Um, or something starts shaking and lights come on the dash, you're like, no, no, not now, not now. Because there's never a good time to have a problem much less an issue with your vehicle. And, and here's the goal of this series. There's going to be problems in life, but just because you have problems doesn't mean those problems need to turn into an issue. Because problems are a lot easier to deal with when we do preventative maintenance in our life than allowing them to turn into issues. It's easier to fix it up front than to let it go. And, and this morning, that's the goal of this series. In your vehicle, you will have an owner's manual. You should have one of these right here in your vehicle. Um, 
And interesting enough, I'm, I'm telling you, interesting enough to me, I, I knew I had an owner's manual. I knew that it talked about a lot of things that I didn't know about in my truck, um, in my vehicles. But I did not know, and this just once again, um, I did not know that inside your owner's manual is a list of preventative maintenance for your vehicle. How many of you did not know this? Be honest. It's okay. You're in good company. I wouldn't call it good company, but you're in company. Um, there's, a, there's an actual scheduled listing of preventative maintenance that you should be doing so that your car makes it for the long haul, so that, you, so that it performs at its highest level and that you don't uh, uh, neglect what you should be paying attention to, like changing the spark plugs, like flushing the transmission fluid and changing brake pads so you don't have to do the whole brake system and, and all these sort of different things. There is a suggested time, there is a set schedule of what the manufacturer, what the creator of that vehicle suggests for you. And many of us like me, you didn't know. You're like, oh, that's awesome. That makes a lot of sense. And it keeps your car running smooth for a whole lot longer if you will do the preventative maintenance. Can I tell you, we have an owner's manual to our life. We, we do. And, and some of us are like, oh, but it's the Bible. It's so boring. It's because you've been reading the King James Version when you were two and you haven't tried it since. And you would get the big family Bible out and you'd be able to... It was like mine, it was open like on a passage of scripture that was just the middle and it had a big pretty picture, you know. And you'd be like, man, somebody needs... Can I tell you, this is your owner's manual. And it's not a book that just, oh, this is right, this is wrong. This book, this words of God that are in here speaks to our life to show us how to go through life without having the big issues, without having to our, our life to hit a crisis point where we don't know what to do. But this corrects us, it instructs us, it does tell us what is right and what is wrong, and it shows us how to live a life with very, very few regrets. That's what the Word of God does. That's what, I'm about to get into a whole nother message, but that's what righteousness is all about. Righteousness and holiness has gotten a bad rap. Can I tell you, righteousness and holiness isn't to keep you from fun, it's to safeguard your life. And this Word of God, the Word of God is for you. It's not against you. It's not to keep you from having fun. It's so that you can live your life in such a way that when you get to the end of it, or right when you're in the middle of it, or even in your 20s, or even in your early 30s, you don't go, man, I wish I would have known better. This helps you to know better, to choose right from wrong, and to keep the big, big time issues happening that you and I could have prevented if we simply would have gotten into God's Word and trusted Him and read the owner's manual that our Maker gave us to go through life. Now today, there's going to be a lot of different things we hit in this series, but today I want to talk to you about um, maybe 
it's kind of the whole ground floor of this series. And today, I want to talk to you about your heart. I, w- I want to talk to you about your heart because, and, and here's the reason why, and it's a truth that we need to understand. That's our first point. Your life follows your heart. Your life follows your heart. Now, when I say heart, some of us think, okay, this inside organ that's beating, and we don't really, we, we hear heart, we, we see the emojis, we, you know, we, we uh, you know, yes, I heart you, vote for me on, you know, on the voice, vote, vote for me. Um, you know, we, we hear, we see, we, we understand heart, but what does heart mean? Heart simply means one's inner self, your feelings and thoughts. One's inner self, your feelings, the way I feel and the way that I think, the way that I am perceiving, the way that I am understanding, the way that I am thinking about things. When feelings and thoughts come together, that's your heart. That's your inner self. And and hear me, as your heart goes, your life goes. The quality of your life will be determined by the condition of your heart. The quality of your life, the quality of my life, whether that life is full of peace, whether that life is full of potential, whether that life is full of a lot of purpose, hear me because this is just true. The, the, The quality of your life, of your marriage, of being a dad, of being a mom, of your dating life, the quality of your life is determined not by how many toys you have, not by how much money is in your bank account, but is The quality of your life is based on the condition of your heart, of of your inner self, of your ability to keep good thoughts and good feelings going where you want them to go. Now our text today is found in Proverbs chapter 4. This is going to be our text throughout the whole message. We're going to come back to this. So if you have your Bible, keep like your thumb in there because we're going to come back to this text quite a bit. But it it says this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 through 27. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. We'll come back to that text, but I want to go back to verse 23 that says this. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The word guard here means to watch over or keep track of. So watch over. Keep track over your inner self. Watch over. Keep track of your feelings. Don't let them just go where they want to go. Feelings will go wherever they want to go as long as we allow them, right? Don't, Don't just let your feelings run wild. Don't let your thought life just run because what we feel and what we think we eventually do. Feelings and thoughts don't just stay feelings and thoughts. Eventually, if they're not checked and they're not put into an authoritative state, they run wild and they become actions. Guard your heart 
above all else. For it determines the course of your life. What's, what's it mean to guard? What's it mean to watch over, to track? The other day, we went, um, and, and I got I to be honest, this was my idea, this was one of the dumb ideas that I've had, one of the dumber ideas, I should say, that I've had. Um, but on, on December 27th, two days after Christmas, we had family in, my sister was here from Longview, and her and my wife, they're not like crazy stalker fans, but they're fans of the Pioneer Woman. Now, every middle-aged woman just know who I talked about. If you are in your teens, in your 20s, you're probably like, what? Yeah, see, somebody's like, yeah. Uh, uh, the Pioneer Woman is uh, D. Drummond or something like that. Ray Drummond. Is, I'm close. Re, re, re. See, we got a cookbook, all that. So, yeah. So excited. And so I said, hey, we don't have anything to do. Why don't we go to Pahuska and see the mercantile of the Pioneer Woman? And we can eat there. And they were like, yes, fantastic idea. Dumb idea. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I, men, listen to me. It was my, this wasn't my wife's idea. I was trying to be the husband she wants and not just that she needs. Don't do it. It's a trap. Don't go to Bahuska to the Pioneer. It's not going to help your marriage. I'm just telling you. We got there. <clears throat> we got there. And there's just junk all in the store. I'm like, I don't, I don't care about a pillow that says Oklahoma that costs $175. Put that down. That's of the devil. I'm like, no pillow. I can't even put my face on it. It's decorative. What? This makes no sense. So it's, I'm sorry. Um, so we get there. It is insane. It's like Disney World for Oklahoma right now. It really is. Like, it's ab. It's obnoxiously expensive. It is way entirely too crowded. We got there at like 9 in the morning, I want to say. 9, 9, I'm really trying not to exaggerate this story. Not because I really could. I could do a wonder on this. Um, we got there around 9.30 and I said, hey, I will stand in line. There's already a line for the restaurant at 9.30, okay? I'll stand in line. You guys go shop. I thought this would be a great idea. I was in line for two hours. Two hours. And there wasn't a roller coaster at the end of this thing. Like, I'm like, if there's a roller coaster, I'm halfway okay with that. It's just for some food. And I, I remember we're sitting there, they've got heaters out, and, and I really did. I, I had a good attitude for the most part. Um, and I was sitting there, and I was like, okay, I, I'm here. I'm, and... and do you, have you ever encountered a line creeper? You know what I'm talking about. Like, and usually it's like little kids when you're getting in, they're just like, and they're like, get like right next to you, and you know what they're doing. And they get right to the barrier, and they kind of get even with you, and then they get in front, and they just try to creep themselves up in line. Well, I had a, like a 57-year-old man doing this to me from behind. I'm like, bro, I'm at the Pioneer Woman at 930. My pastor hat is not on right now. I'm taking that Sunday off right now. I don't have to preach on New Year's Day. I'm in full Justin flesh mode right now. 
And so he would like, and I would just like, oh, stretch, you know. Oh, my back is so tight, you know. Hey, can, can you get, I just need to stretch for, you know. And I would, I would just make sure, every time he'd get there, I would just kind of move, maneuver. And I would, my brother-in-law was with me. I'm like, you know what I hate? I hate people that just crowd you. Like, just get in your space. Like, people need to back up, especially in line, you know. And I was... I was tracking and I was watching where he was going because I could tell you that he was not going to get in front of me. I waited two hours to eat some food from a, pine, a, a roast beef sandwich that I could have maybe not gotten at Arby's, but in essence. That is watching. You got to watch for the line creepers. You got to make sure your heart, your thoughts, your inner self, your feelings don't creep where they're not supposed to go. That's watching. That is tracking your feelings. Because, because I can tell you this much, man. Um, feelings are great companions, but they make horrible leaders. Feeler, feelings are, are great companions. You need to have them. But man, they are horrible leaders. And your life isn't going to get where you want to just by living your life based on how you feel. Some of us, we have so many regrets in life because we've just been doing what we feel. What feels good. What sounds good. What looks good. And so we haven't been guarding our hearts. We haven't been guarding our thoughts. We haven't been guarding our emotions. We've just been following our emotions. And Solomon says this, no, 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 no. Guard your heart above everything else. This means above, we, we track things. We really do. We watch our bank account, don't we? You're like, hey, 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 hey. Somebody pulled $20 out of the ATM. What was that for? You know, hey, babe, why, 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 why? We don't pull money out of the ATM. Why is there $20 out of the ATM? What, what is, we track, our, we watch our bank account. We watch our appearance. Most of you, I'm going to assume, 99.9% .9 of us in this room, we looked at ourselves in a mirror and we watched and we tracked what we look like before we came to church. We, we, we take so much care and so much time in watching the external things that Solomon says, man, you can watch your bank account, you can watch your, your appearances, you can watch what you look like, what you sound like, but hear me, above all that, what's more important is that you watch over and you track and you guard your heart, your feelings, your emotions. Because your heart dictates, it determines the path that your life's going to go down. And the quality and the condition of your heart is going to determine the quality of your life. Because your life always follows your heart. Proverbs 4, 23 through 27, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course 
of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path and don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Here's the great thing is that maybe we're here this morning. We say, okay, Justin, I hear you. You're saying guard your heart, guard your heart, guard your heart, but how do you do it? That's what I just read. Solomon gives us the how to watch over our thoughts and our feelings, our inner self, our heart. And the first thing is this, is stay away from the chatter. Stay away from the chatter. Verse 24, Proverbs 4:24. avoid all perverse talk. Say all with me. All. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Now, perverse simply means this, persistent in what is wrong and evil. Persistent in what is wrong and evil. Corrupt means this, infected, decayed, or putrid. Can I tell you, if you are going to have a good heart, you've got to keep yourself around good people. And we talked about this last week. We talked about as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another friend. Who are you allowing? What conversations are you having with other people? Because we've got to have other people, but it's got to be with the right people. Some of us, we're just caught up in the chatter, the chatter, the chatter, the chatter. There's churches that have just a bunch of chatter. Thank God Foundation Church uh, that I know of is in a chatter church where there's gossip here. If you heard what, we got to pray for this person because this is what's going on. Shut up. You're not about praying. You just want to give the, the gossip of what's going on. Oh, I, don't repeat this to anyone. Don't say this to anyone. But if you heard the No, stay, stay away that because as you talk and as you listen so goes your heart check out what the Bible says in 2nd Timothy chapter 2 verse 16 it says this avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more godly ungodly excuse me (laughs) you're like wow that's a total reverse that's not what the screen says at all Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Can I tell you, I, I, godless talk leads to godless ways. And I think a lot of us, we think, okay, well, I do pretty good at staying away from the perverted speech. I do, I, I do good of, of not using, you know, corrupt talk. I, I'm not a person that, you know, is, is a gossiper. But can I... I the chatter is way more than that. When, when, when Paul is talking to, to Timothy, avoid godless chatter, it, it's not just that Paul is saying, uh, avoid dirty jokes. Avoid talking about perverted things that you shouldn't be talking about. Avoid screaming at people. Avoid the gossip. He, he's saying this. Avoid godless people speaking into your life. Don't allow those who aren't godly to speak into you. Because can I tell you, all of us want to hear what we want to hear at some point in our life. Right? I mean, it's just human nature. We we want to hear the things. And and, and people that are godless 
that aren't godly in their way, they're going to tell you what you want to hear instead of what you need to hear. They're going to tell you what your feelings want instead of what your heart and your soul needs. And, and Paul is saying that avoid that. Don't let that person speak into your life because godless chatter leads to godless lives. Godless chatter leads to godless ways. Avoid the chatter. Avoid the talk. And here it is. Because you and I allow it or we don't allow it. That means we give permission over to it. And who are you? We're going to talk about this next week. The ability to receive correction or the inability to receive correction. Because your path, man, you're going to have to be corrected. You're going to have to have discipline. And most of us, we have to... Most of us, we have too much pride to listen to somebody uh, that knows what they're talking about in our lives. Who are you allowing to speak into your life? Who has influence? Who have you allowed? Because, man, if they're not serving the Lord, if they're not bearing fruit, here, let's get to our Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from a treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. But they're a good person, but is there a treasury? Is there fruit that they are bearing that leads to a good life? Because if not, you don't need to listen to them. That, that sounds harsh, that sounds mean, but listen to me. If we're going to keep our life from the issues of happening and the breakdowns, and we're going to do preventative maintenance, you have to be very, very careful and selective of who you are listening to. Because I will tell you this, and it's just true, whatever is in the well comes up in the bucket. Whatever's down in the well always, always comes up in the the bucket and as Jesus said what you says what you say flows from what is in your heart or from the abound, abundance of the heart the mouth speaks what's in the well always comes up in the bucket if you're gonna watch over if you're gonna guard your heart you gotta avoid the chatter you gotta avoid listening and you gotta avoid engaging in the chatter because some of us may I, I don't I don't listen but you're the one engaging and you're the one doing the chatter Proverbs says this the gift of life and death is in our words and you will enjoy the fruit of one or the other are you speaking life or are you speaking death in your relationships as Paul says are you let everything that we speak be for the building up of others is that your speech or is it something else if it's something else I got news for you it's chatter and if you're going to guard your heart you got to avoid the godless chatter the third thing is this mark out your path and don't get sidetracked mark out your path and don't get sidetracked I get very easily sidetracked in my life especially when I go to the grocery store hungry um, I get sidetracked everybody in here knows what I'm talking about you know what you're supposed to get but if you go to the grocery store hungry there's gonna be all kinds of surprises in my cart like 
there's going to be, the other day we went to Target and my wife is constantly trying to get us to eat healthy. Um, and I love her for that and kind of like at times like, like, come on, babe, let's loosen the reins a little bit. Um, and the other day the girls come down with this organic cereal at Target. I know I said Target. <gasps> um, and they came down with it. I'm like, what is that? And they're like, well, it, it's, it's, it's good for me cereal. I'm like, it, no such thing. No such thing. And I'm standing right across from the Fruity Pebbles. Jesus is in Fruity Pebbles. Um, there's the color of red and Fruity Pebbles that represents his blood. There's the color, I can, I can make this scriptural if I need to. Um, that's how cults are started, but still. Um, and there's Fruity Pebbles. I go, girls, have you ever had Fruity Pebbles? And they're like, no, mom won't let us have those. I'm like, oh. Step into here, you know, and I grabbed the Fruity Pebbles, and I'm like, come on, girls. And Casey was down checking out, and here the girls come, big smiles. Ah! And here I am, rocking with my Fruity Pebbles in my arm. And she goes, what'd you get? And I'm like, well, they got organic syrup, but I just found out they didn't have Fruity Pebbles. And then, like, we're all happy, and Casey's like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Do you know how hard it is for me to get them to eat the I'm like, but they've never had fruity pebbles and I looked and there's not much more sugar in this than there is that and we're like she's like Justin anyways anyway I get sidetracked super easy the fruity pebbles will grab me and turn me and change me and I, I, I get sidetracked uber uber easily in fact this point wasn't even in my message talking about fruity pebbles I get sidetracked or you come look really it's not even in there I get sidetracked really easy. And can I tell you, we get sidetracked as humanity and as people since the beginning of time. If you look at the Garden of Eden, I'm reading Genesis right now. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 18, Jesus instructs Adam and Eve to not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. And can I tell you, for most of us, the things that are going to tempt you, the things that are going to sidetrack you, aren't the thing on the far edges of your life. It's the things in the middle of your life. It's the things that you pass by every day that God says, you know what, that's not for you. And you just have to learn to be content and not get sidetracked on what's going to tempt you that you pass every day, that you just encounter every day. That, that's not for you. The, the, for most of us, we're not tempted by the far things on the edges of life and the edge, like the really dark, dark things. That's not your temptation. It's, it's the small temptations. It's the things that you pass by every, every day. And Solomon says this, don't get sidetracked. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet to stay and stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Right now there's a big movement um, in our, our nation and just period for us to get rid of driving and texting. And I'm a huge fan of that. No texting and driving. Why? Because a dangerous, a distracted driver is a dangerous driver. 
you know what I'm talking about. Like, if, if you've ever been texting, I think most of us have, and you're like, whoa, I didn't even see that light turn green, or I didn't see that light turn red, or you've messed with the radio station, or you're messing with the navigation system, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, how'd I, how'd I get here? Oh, that almost happened. And, and you have that almost happened thing. Can I tell you, that's what happens when we become sidetracked and we get distracted as Christians. You get to a place in life that you don't know how you got there. And you're like, how in the world did my life end up here? It's because you didn't guard, you didn't watch your feelings and your thoughts. You allowed them to get sidetracked. You allowed them to go after the fruity pebbles of life. What looks good, what sounds good, instead of what is good. And there's a difference. There, there's, there's a difference. And can I tell you, your heart, your life isn't going to get where you want it to get. Your marriage isn't going to be the marriage you want it to be. That relationship with your boyfriend and your girlfriend isn't going to uh, uh, come to a place where it's this godly marriage just by happenstance, by you following your feelings because you went and watched La La Land. It, it, it's not just going to happen because you felt your way there, it's going to happen because you led your heart there. You led your thoughts, you led your feelings, and you had a path of here's where I want my life to be, here's where God is calling me to be, and I can't get distracted even by the good things. I have to follow after the God things. And can I tell you, some of us, we're in danger of just getting sidetracked, just getting distracted. I'm going to say, well, it's not that big of a deal. Solomon's saying this, man, if you're going to guard your heart, if you're going to watch over, if you're going to track your heart, you can't get sidetracked. You can't get distracted. But you've got to keep your eyes straight, fixed on what is straight ahead for you close with this. Um, I think most of us, a lot of us, watched the Olympics from this past summer. Um, and I love watching, I loved watching Michael Phelps swim. Like, he is a freak of nature um, in the water. Guy is just ridiculous. And I remember, some of you, you guys remember the guy shadow boxing in front of Michael Phelps, you know what I'm talking about? And the, Chad LaClose was his, fr uh, was his name. He's from uh, South Africa, and he's boxing, and Michael Phelps has just got like this mad look on his face and they get in the water and this is a picture of the race that's Chad LaClose and, and here's what happens Michael Phelps isn't looking at Chad is he he's not looking at the other swimmer Michael Phelps was swimming to swim the race that he knew he could swim he wasn't just looking to beat other people he wasn't looking to see how he measured up or competed with other people he was there to swim his race to stay in his lane and look straight ahead. And many of us, we're Chad in this picture. We're just staying distracted. We're looking at, well, what's everybody else doing? How's everybody else's marriage going? And how's everybody else's finances going? Are they moving? Well, then we've got to move. Are they doing this? Well, then we've got to do. But what is the race God has called you to run? Because Paul said this, run your race in such a way not to compete with everybody else, not to come into second, not to come into third, but Run your race in such a way as to win. And you can't win 
life, in finances, in your marriage, in your personal relationship, your heart won't be in a good place, your soul won't be in a good place as long as you're looking at everybody else and you're letting your feelings dictate where you go and your thoughts and this is the new way of thought. But, but, but no, 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 it's got to be something much more concrete than that. But you watch over and you track your heart. Say, so here's where I want it to end up. That's preventative maintenance. That's the ground floor. That's the engine of your life, is your heart. It said this in Proverbs 23 19, it says, My child, listen and be wise. Keep your heart on the right course. Nobody can do it for you something you have to do. First John 5 verse 21 says this, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. I'm going to close with this, Proverbs 4 verses 23 through 27. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk, stay away from corrupt speech, and look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked and keep your feet from following evil. That's the goal. That's the challenge. That's the mission that we would follow after the path that God has set for us and we stay alert and we watch where we're walking. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. Lord, this morning, I, I just pray for some of us that this message would get our attention. For some of us that God, it, it, we, we haven't been tracking and watching and guarding our heart. Lord, we've been guarding other things. We've been keeping up and we've been tracking our, our social media, how many likes, how many followers. We've been following our bank account. We've been following where we're at in our syllabus and where we're at in our graduation plan, where we're at in our career. We've been tracking and we've been tracking and watching other things. But God, we've just kind of let our heart go where it wants to go. Letting our feelings just be feelings and our thoughts just be thoughts instead of taking captive every thought and making it obedient to the life that Jesus Christ has called us to. And this morning, no, no matter what our age is, God, you're calling us not to just run, but to run to win. God, not to get sidetracked, not to keep running right and left and everywhere, but God, man, to run straight and keep our eyes fixed on the prize. And Lord, the, the reality is there's a lot of us in this place, we're distracted because we're running, out of, running after a lot of things you never called us to run after in the first place. And Lord, as a result, there's no peace. There's no joy. There's no satisfaction because we've been running our own race based on how we feel instead of based on your calling. And so, Lord, I pray this morning 
God, we would hear your cry in Proverbs 4. And we would guard our heart above all else. Because the quality, the condition of our heart will determine the quality of our life. I pray, move in us and speak to us today. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, Justin, I'm here. And the truth is, my heart isn't where it should be in the first place. I'm not in my, where I need to be in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, when you're not in a place where you should be in your relationship with Jesus Christ, it affects everything else. You said, man, I, my life's just not where it should be in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here and you say, Justin, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Or today, it's about recommitting your life. I'm going to count to three. And all I want you to do is raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. It'll change your forever. One, two, three. Is that that's you? Just lift your hand right where you are. Yeah, there's one hand, there's two hands. There's three hands. Is there anyone else before we go any further? You say, Justin, man, it's just me. My heart isn't where it should be. Yeah, there's four hands. There's five hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. And I want to join these five hands that are lifted. Yeah, I see your hand. There's six hands. Anyone else? You say, Justin, man, it's just dysfunctional right now because I'm not where I need to be. And today I need to make a first-time decision or I need to recommit my life. And you would join these six hands that are lifted. Is there anyone else before we go any further? raise your hand if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living and the race that I was running to grab hold of the life that you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give these six individuals that raised their hands this morning a huge round of applause? If you raise your hands, a couple of things. Um, if you raise your hand this morning and you want more information about what's next, because we all have a next step in our relationship with Jesus Christ, the first thing I would tell you is this, is your next step is to get baptized in water, to go public with it, uh, to go public with a change that happened inside just now. That's what the New Testament tells us, is come and sign up and get involved and take the plunge. You can sign up in our Connect Center you can head out right after service and just take a left in the green room. There'll be people there that will answer questions. Uh, we'll get you signed up for a connect group. And I would tell you this, um, if you're looking for what's next, get involved in our alpha group. They're just starting. It's what's God's plan for me. Who is Jesus? How can I be sure that this is the right place and the right path and everything else? And it's about becoming.
becoming a man or woman of God because it's not just based on a one-time decision. It's an ongoing journey that we have, and we want to get you involved in that. We have now made Alpha after our second service. We provide child care. We provide food. You have no excuse if you're wondering what your next step is and how to become a man or woman of God. Get signed up and go to Alpha. We've taken all the excuses away from you. Sign up and make your relationship with God what it should be instead of what it is. I'm going to ask all of us, let's stand up across this place. And before I dismiss, I'm going to ask Shannon to take us through this song and the worship team. But here's what I want us to do. I want us to bow our heads. I want us to close our eyes. Can I tell you, one of the things I think is the biggest hindrance to the church, to us as followers of Christ, is we're distracted. We're distract. We get distracted so, so, so easily. And so here's what I want you. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and you say, Justin, man, I've just been distracted the last few months, the last week, maybe, maybe the last few years of my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? It's not about that I need to recommit my life or anything. I've just not been running the race like I should be. You say, I've been distracted. Is there anyone else? I see hands up all over the place. You say, Justin, that's me. I haven't been running the race that God has called me to. Here's what I'm going to ask us to do. As we worship, as Shannon takes us through this, I want you to lift your hands, church, and I want you to let it go. The race that you've been running, let it go and take hold of the race that God has called you to. Fix your eyes straight ahead to the path and the race that God has called you to and run it to win. Run in such a way that you live this life when you come to the end of it and you won and you guarded your heart and you watched over your heart and you tracked your heart and you ran a race that nobody else was called to but was your unique race. Let's raise our hands. Let's let go and grab hold of what God has for us today.
you enjoyed this message if you have any questions or want to reach out to us you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv